0: season 3 episode 11 is over but we are just getting started here on post show recaps your one-stop shop for all the breakdowns of all the hr drama around litchfield penitentiary my name is jessica lease with me as always is taylor cotter hello taylor how are you
1: hello jess uh i am i'm getting mike bloom i'm getting josh wiggler we are forming a union of podcasters on post show recaps
0: Oh, man. Are, are you going to do the Lay Miz sing-along? Well, you got Bloom, so of yes. course you're doing the Lay sing-along.
1: <laughs> That's the only reason that we're forming a union. You know, you could
0: just form a theater company and you wouldn't have to go through all this, like, paperwork. You don't need to get 30% to get in on the sing-alongs.
1: Okay, you've convinced me.
0: <laughs> oh, look at me. I'm a union buster. I'm better oh, than Danny Pearson at union busting.
1: <laughs> Good enough. Yeah. These guys, I mean forming a union, forming a glee club. It's all the same.
0: Yeah, it, it really... You know, six of one, half a dozen of the other. So, we need to talk about the extremely disturbing opening scene of this episode. It's things I cannot unsee. Yes. And it's like, just when you think, like, Caputo is the guy you gotta root for out of this whole series. He's the one that's got the best intentions. Then you see that he's still... He's still throwing one to Fig every now and then and that, that ain't right
1: yeah I mean I thought Fig was long gone but I guess you you can't help who you're attracted to and uh, somehow those two thats that's their person
0: I guess but I mean I understand it on Fig's end because of certain details she has disclosed but I don't really understand it on Caputo's end
1: I think yeah, he just is into her. I mean, Caputo, as we know, uh, is you know a very uh, sexual guy. So uh, if she ha- if he is she's willing, then I think he uh, is not going to say no.
0: Yeah, I guess so. And you know, there's also that power dynamic aspect to it, I guess. But boy, I didn't need to see that at yeah. all ever.
1: No, and like kind of a a a weird uh, juxtaposition with like the very horrible uh, uh, rape that we just saw, (laughs) and uh, now we see this. And it's
0: it's writ large because most people just binge watch the whole thing in one go. Mm -hmm. So you go from the last the last scene of the last episode to some slightly more consensual but no less disturbing sex going on here yeah I could have gone the rest of my life without ever yes. seeing that but very you know, much so I guess good for Caputo he's getting some it's seems a little bit more healthy than some of the other relationships we've seen him have up to this point so yeah I guess you go go get some Caputo
1: yeah I mean yeah Fig is pretty terrible but uh I I guess yeah like I said like you you love who you love I <laughs> uh, This is hardly love, but... uh, You bang who you bang. You bang who you bang. They've made it work for them.
0: And so we finally get a much, much awaited and long overdue Caputo flashback this episode.
1: Yeah, like I've said, uh, Caputo is so prominent in this season. And a lot of that has to do with the HR drama. But a lot of it has to do with the fact that he's kind of the... Uh, figurehead of a lot of what is going on you know he's captaining this ship and we have gotten so much of him in the present day that I do think on some level he deserved a flashback yeah
0: and I think um, what a set of flashbacks it is because it's really everything that he's trying to do for the prison he has tried to do and pretty much failed in his real life
1: right we get a real picture of him as good guy Caputo
0: yeah, good guy Caputo has always got the best intentions and in wanting to do the right thing and having it always come back and smack him in the face.
1: Yeah, what a real Charlie Brown this guy is.
0: Yeah, life keeps yanking that football away. Yep. In his first flashback, we see him as a kid who's going to do the compassionate thing and wrestle the kid with Down syndrome, and then he gets totally pwned by the kid.
1: Yep, and gets hurt instantly, can never wrestle again. Uh and, like, that, to me, like, that is very, like, sweet, I think, and, like, very close to my heart that he was, you know, this good kid. And uh, then it does not pay off for him.
0: Nope. Pretty much destroys his wrestling career. I thought it was funny that his coach, you can see that his coach had a great influence on him later in life. Because in what way? he's got the, I think this is supposed to be the reason that Caputo rocks that walrus mustache.
1: Oh, I didn't even pick up on that. That's funny. Because at first that coach looked so much like him,
0: I thought, well, is his dad the wrestling coach? Yeah, yeah. But I know, I think it's just that this guy was so influential to him that he, like, he unconsciously or consciously adopts aspects of the guy's style later in life.
1: Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that's really cute. So I guess, yeah, that coach was probably a good guy, too, I hope.
0: Yeah, it seems like it. And... And then, you know, he had aspirations of taking his band to the next level, and it turns out that his best friend and bandmate knocked up his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And Caputo decides to do the gentlemanly thing and quit the band and raise the kid, even
1: though it's not even his. Stop me if you've heard this one before. Oh. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it, it was funny uh, that this is super similar to the Bennett situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I... I um, yeah, I guess people raising other people's kids is some is a thing that happens um so Caputo seems really uh he seems pretty chill with a situation that I feel like most people wouldn't be so chill with,
0: yeah, and where he is the only really good job option with benefits it's open to a guy like Caputo is prison guard or excuse me corrections officer, and so. He goes to Litchfield and he gets a job and he's been there ever since.
1: And we see Rosa.
0: I was so happy to see Rosa. That was my favorite thing about the episode. It's like I can put up with, you know, I will watch a graphic sex scene between Caputo and Fig. if (laughs) If we get more moments like getting to flashback and have a little bit of Rosa.
1: I know, what a smart, cute way to, you know, put context into what was going on.
0: Yeah, and I, I loved the detailed conversation they're having about the Olympics. Just so yeah. that, you know, if you weren't sure what year it is, because they can't, in a prison, they can't really have, like, the radio can't play a song from 1996. hmm I think it was 96, it might have been 92, I can't remember. But yeah, I can't remember. Summer Olympics, anyway. I can't remember which one had the 14-year-old Chinese diver, By which I remember watching, but I watched both of those, but... You need, like, Smash Mouth playing if it's a 1996 flashback. Right. And
1: if it's 1992,
0: it's, like, I guess you would want... MC Hammer. Or- yeah. Yeah, or New Edition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, New Edition was earlier. I'm thinking, like, Bobby Brown's solo material is right yeah. in that sweet spot. But anyway.
1: Can't imagine those are high on Rosa's list.
0: Yeah, and we're not really licensing any music for this particular portion of the program, so we're just going to talk about the Olympics so you know what year it is and talk about the diver and talk about the wrestling. and You know, it's an upsetting situation he gets into, but I think his girlfriend did have a pretty good point that nobody asked him to do it. Right. And he keeps doing all this stuff and expecting to be recognized for it, and nobody's asking him to do it in the first place.
1: Yeah, that's the Caputo way, you know. He is, uh, what they say, he's like holding doors open and uh, feels this kind of just inherent sense of responsibility and morality, which is more than we can say for a lot of people here. So it's a bummer to see him continually be uh, taken advantage of, but it's also really refreshing to see someone that is, you know, uh, so selfless.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but it's also, it's hard to see what what a place like glitchfield can do to a guy like him
1: mhm yeah i mean this is his whole life he never uh pursued anything else
0: yeah yeah and things things are not getting any better for him it's you know another day another headache and today turns out the mcc computer system sucks pretty bad
1: yeah this was a real uh a real crazy situation
0: bank error in your favor collect hundred dollars
1: yep uh, so Angie our friend uh, who has had some really sweet uh, side storylines this season uh, was uh, her last name is Rice uh, and everything did turn out to her Rice <laughs> and she got uh, she was able to uh, convince them that she was Sarah Rice the girl that was supposed to be at the prison that day
0: Yeah, and I guess everybody makes the point, like, could you really blame her for going along with it? Nope, I would have done it, too. Yeah, like, nobody's gonna be like, teacher, you forgot to assign us homework.
1: Exactly, yeah, this is, uh, couldn't have been luckier. She got some Norma juju, and, uh, Norma really came through for her with this one, uh, and they, uh, yeah, they, it seemed to have absolutely no barriers in her way to get out of prison.
0: Yeah, she just kind of walked right out, got the van. Although, I liked Penn's almost ruining it for her.
1: I know, that was really cute. Penn was very, uh, was, uh, very sweet and very smart in that situation. Uh that uh, Yeah, I just call her Ange because <laughs> she, <laughs> she looks like and Jolie. Yeah, <laughs> was pretty, that was really wonderful. Yeah, well,
0: who's going to fall for it but Charlie Bag of Donuts, right?
1: Yeah, This was just a, a very heavy-handed way to show that the new COs don't know what they're doing.
0: Yeah, and, like, they even fingerprint her, and the guy's just like, oh, that sort of looks like the same fingerprint. It's a fingerprint, right? Okay, cool. Yep. And especially, like, Danny's admission that he doesn't know what he's doing either. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and kind of trying to pass the buck. Joe gets his ass out of the fire and then, again, doesn't get thanked for it.
1: Exactly, yeah. Uh, Caputo is able to easily solve this problem by going to where they dropped Angie off and finding her sitting right there. Uh, and, yeah, things worked out just fine. Yeah, turned out to him, Rice. Turned out to him, Rice, and it seems like, uh, This kind of gave him the uh, kick in the butt he needed to realize that MCC is not uh, doing okay. That they need to, he needs to get his original people back and they need to figure out a way to uh, control what's going on in the prison.
0: Yeah. Although I thought that the last scene where they're having their union meeting in the bar, I thought this was, this is a level of storytelling that's far below what I usually expect out of Orange is the New Black. Like the fake out where he walks in is like, what are you guys doing here? And -hmm. then it turns out he wants to correct them and help them do it better. That's such a trope. And it's something that I don't expect the show to get so tropey most of the time.
1: Yeah, it's this, like, I mean, I will stop complaining. <laughs> because I feel like I have a lot. This whole storyline is dumb. Like, and the, yeah, to make it interesting, they have to do that kind of stuff. It's like, will he or won't he join the Union? Like, yeah, it's not, it's not worth our energy to care about it.
0: Um, Although I, I did like them all hanging out in the bar, their civilian clothes. That was yes. kind of nice. And I the Lay sing along, I'm always down for that. I loved that everybody at the table knew the song except for the one black guy. <laughs> I don't know this white person song.
1: <laughs> That's true. I liked that a lot. Um, any way that we can insert more musical theater into this show, I am happy with.
0: Yeah. Although I'm shocked at the percentage of people that did know the words to that because I'm not sure I would have been able to pull out the entire thing.
1: No, no. I think I can get I can get by in a group sing along of it, but I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't take that one on myself. Like Kowalski and Donaldson, they were right on the beat. Mm-hmm. And I'm
0: thinking I would be able to get to about the music of the people that will not be slaves again, and yes. that might be where I'd start kind of pretending I knew the words.
1: Yeah, you're probably right. But hey, maybe you know if they're all big is fans in Litchfield, that can maybe that's their thing.
0: Well, you know, the community theater just did it, so maybe everybody saw it. It's fresh in their minds. (laughs) I guess I'll give them a pass on that. Yes, yes. And again, brilliant use of music, which this show frequently does.
1: Yeah, I love... I Honestly, the way they cut those end credits, I love it. Like, I always think it's so, so, so cool every single time.
0: Yeah, like this reminded me quite a bit of um, a few episodes ago when we got getting to know you over the end credits after we see lolly tracking alex's every move
1: yep yep that was perfect and they've had a bunch of great ones and i am always impressed by that
0: i mean nothing's ever gonna top um bitch and camaro but you know we're getting close (laughs) i mean let's talk about alex because we've got some you know we got a little bit of lesbian drama but actually i felt for alex this episode
1: yeah this felt this was like the first real thing that piper and alex have gone through in a while that basically alex's uh still pretty anxious and she Piper isn't helping.
0: Yeah, but Piper is so high on her own power that she's not being a good girlfriend.
1: Yeah, and really glad to have Alex to kind of be a little bit of the voice of the audience with Piper to be like, "Hey, uh yeah, you, you know, you aren't understanding the context of what you're doing."
0: I I liked the, you know, I'm a drug dealer. Of course, I know what that is. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. But I am glad that we are seeing hopefully the, the last breakup of Piper and Alex. Hopefully they're done.
1: Probably not. We can always hope.
0: Yeah. Cause I hate those on again, off again things. But I think this time maybe it is kind of irrevocable because Piper is such a, like in her, in her head, she's now the godfather and I don't think she's going to trouble herself. With trappings of her old existence, especially someone who, you know, kind of outranked her in the in the power rankings of the drug dealing world. Yes, she's learned what she needs to get out of Alex, and she's, you know, leaving the nest and starting her own criminal enterprise. And again, it's one of those Shawshank Redemption things. Like it, you know, it took prison to make me into a crook.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Piper really just doesn't. Uh, Like, I don't know if she fully even grasps that she is starting some sort of criminal enterprise here. And uh, we've talked about this before. Like, she really has no reason to do this. So uh, I don't know kind of where her head's at right now when it comes to this, except for the fact that she wants power and purpose.
0: I think you just get bored in prison.
1: Yep, that's probably true. I would probably start a
0: business. Anytime you can harness your boredom and make it profitable, I think that's it's something you would pursue. But, you know, it is a very good point that Alex raised that, you know, she's getting in way over her head and it's becoming kind of something that she's not going to be able to control.
1: Right. And I think, uh, the point that Alex raised that I really cared about was she was like, paper, like these girls are poor, like you know, you're Mm -hmm. really, you're taking advantage of poor people and for your own financial benefit. And, uh, that, Kind of spirals into the B plot of the union story, which is that uh, the panty girls want to unionize.
0: And I Flaka is such a delight.
1: Yes, like, she's
0: super bright. She's she thinks to pick up the union pamphlet and apply it to her own life. And I can't fault her for going a little Norma ray on everybody.
1: Yeah, it's very cute. And yeah, honestly, she's probably making the right call.
0: Yeah, she's definitely making the right call. Like. She, they should absolutely be profit-sharing in this. Like, Piper shouldn't be reaping all the benefits. Right. To Piper's credit, she probably did need to bust up that Eugene before it gets started. That's true. But she wasn't nearly as badass as she thought she was.
1: No, and uh, basically firing Flocka was a, a real low blow. And I didn't need to hear her, like, recounting
0: it later multiple times. Yes, Yeah. Yeah, we get it. You think you're awesome. Mm -hmm. And I think she's gotten progressively less awesome, like, since she gave that inspirational speech about making a rig to last a thousand years. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Although, I did get one great Piper moment this episode that almost makes the entire Enterprise worthwhile. And this is her search for a cell phone turning up every kind of contraband under the sun.
1: Yeah, that was crazy, right? I had no idea when until they said later, like Shank of Jolly Ranchers. I was like, "What is this?" Um, yeah, really, really fun, uh, like adventure that Piper was able to go on there.
0: Yeah, and i i liked I liked when she kicked the computer and the cell phone charger fell out.
1: Yep, makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, but I here's a part I'm not completely clear on. And I don't know what your experience is with prison cell phones either, Taylor. So maybe you won't be able to help me. Here. Limited
1: at best, but we'll see.
0: If the cell phone is not something that somebody's going to be missing immediately, like if it's not somebody's actively being used cell phone, which happened, you know, when she found Blanca's phone. Mm-hmm. How does it still have minutes and a data plan? Is it a burner phone?
1: We ha- we talked about this a little bit when Chang had the phone in the shed. And I was like, how is she watching videos on it? And, yeah, so unless – well, if it's, like, an old phone that you could buy minutes for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I guess, like, a burner phone or, like, that you would use a calling card. Remember that? Oh,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, and you could buy minutes on the card. Like, uh, so it could still have minutes on it. Or, yeah, it's just on somebody's cell phone bill that they've been paying for that they don't uh, realize. Or it's, you know, someone that has left the prison has just left their phone there.
0: Yeah, you're getting out. You're just going to leave the phone locked inside the computer. But, yeah, I I was surprised that it was still active because I know people like Chang, you probably have someone on the outside paying your phone bill. And with this, that made a lot less sense to me.
1: Yeah, I think... uh, It could easily, like, I would say I don't, I would, it's very possible that someone will be missing this cell phone.
0: That may come back to bite her in the ass. She probably should have just gotten someone to get one into her.
1: Yeah, especially since her brother is so generous with this whole situation anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, he's bored too. Yep, that's true. And, you know, boredom also begets spectacular erotica. Mm Mm-hmm, as always. I liked the revelation that C.O. Donaldson is the
1: basis for Admiral (laughs) Rodcocker,
0: which really puts an entirely different spin on the story.
1: Yeah, I mean, write what you know, right? Yeah, I guess.
0: I knew that Healy would have the exact wrong reaction to this story. He doesn't see it for the artistic triumph that it is. He's just like, there's lesbians in this,
1: I hate it. Yep, he sees it as a way to get rid of Bertie, his enemy for no reason.
0: Yep. Caputo probably would have batted for her if Caputo hadn't been on his wild goose chase. Mm-hmm. So Birdie's been suspended. And that's not gonna, that's gonna have a lot of bad repercussions, I feel. Because I think so, she's okay. legitimately helping a lot of people. And Healy sucks at his job.
1: Right, and I was going to say, Brie is super smart, and she knows what's going on here, and she calls him out right away, and she was like, are you racist, or are you misogynist, or what? Which is a question that I had posed earlier this season, <laughs> and uh, we don't really know, but it just seems that he doesn't like not being in charge.
0: Yeah, he's just like, por que no los dos? <laughs> yeah, so hopefully, Bertie gets back into the saddle soon, because I think, I think she, unlike, unlike Caputo, she is doing the right thing and people want her to do the right thing.
1: Right. I think she, she will find a way to get back into the fold at some point.
0: Yeah. And Healy is kind of cruising for some revenge.
1: Yeah. I am interested to see kind of what his plan is now. Speaking
0: of revenge. Mm-hmm. How'd you like that segue? That was so smooth. Great
1: segue. Yes. That yeah,
0: was smooth like butter. Um, Kentucky, very unhappy and not really sure why because, as we've established in the previous episode, she kind of views sex as this commodity she trades for things and something that she just gives up when, when a guy wants it.
1: Yeah, and for her, being raped is, uh, you know, not as straightforward as uh, it should be. You know, there's a lot of, you know, A, she's just like emotionally drained and B... She's blaming herself.
0: Yeah, and I'm so glad she has Boo. I know. The Boo and Pennsylvania dynamic was amusing up until this point, and now it's like she needs that. She needs someone that recognizes the situation for what it is.
1: Yep, and Boo figures this out pretty quick and uh, wants to get her to be okay with that and figure out what to do.
0: Yeah, although I don't know that I necessarily... I'm sure Boo's approach to revenge would differ from my ideal approach to revenge. Yes. So we might be going down a dark path here.
1: I know. I am interested to see what they do, though, because if, uh, if we know Boo, we know she goes hard. So.
0: Yeah, she never does. There are no half measures with Boo.
1: Yes. And she cares fiercely about Pensatucky, and she will find a way to make this guy pay for what he did.
0: You know, if two wrongs are going to make a right, I think in this case they might. Yeah, I
1: am fine with that.
0: And uh, we got a little bit more of the Cult of Norma fallout. Like, Norma has, you know, wrought a real miracle here. But, you know, Soso is still on the outs with the group, and she's handled the situation badly. And then Leanne gets a little bit of revenge as well.
1: Yep. How,
0: how did she get scissors?
1: Oh, I have no idea. They didn't explain that at all. That that, that feels like a plot hole to me. Yeah. Um, do they have scissors? Like, have they had scissors before?
0: I mean, they probably get to have them, like, in the sweatshop. Right. But in- it's probably one of those situations, like, the electrical shop where you had to check in and out and with knives in the kitchen.
1: Yeah, so she must have just stolen them from somewhere uh and yeah so that is a real like a very childish move and really sad and like maybe the worst thing that you could do to someone that uh you, it, with your not uh who is <laughs> no, no, i'll take that back it's not the worst thing you could do to somebody but it's a very mean thing to do
0: yeah and incredibly petty
1: yeah and uh yeah just sad like this girl is so down like and what what did she really even do to Leanne
0: she laughed at her for being Amish.
1: Yeah, that is also mean, and I uh, can't get behind that, but I feel like this was a unfair retribution.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it really was. I can't imagine that Soso is going to be going anywhere good.
1: I know, I, uh, I'm i worried about her. Like
0: the one bright spot she had Birdie to talk to, and now she does not have that.
1: Exactly, yeah, and I can't imagine that Healy will be super sympathetic to... Uh, what's going on with her And the cult
0: And so we also had another great Like sort of We're just going to reach into the bag of names And pull out two names And we're going to have them interact mm-hmm. And this was such a great callback um, To last season Where Suzanne and Poussey are having a conversation About the story And Suzanne realizes people liked the story And maybe not her as a person And she points out to Pusey, You don't like me And Poussey's yep. like yeah well you beat the crap out of me at V's bequest, so I have a good reason not to like you. And Suzanne's like, Yeah, fair.
1: Yep. Yeah, they had a nice little resolution. And I think uh, something that I do really like about this season is these people have had the emotional consequences of everything that happened with V. So it wasn't just like, you know, it kind of felt like we put a bow on that storyline and moved on to season three, but. Because of that, so many people are different, you know, or they had things happen to them because of her and people are still dealing with that even if she's not there anymore.
0: Yeah, like you have you have Red kind of clawing her way back up from you know, rock bottom last season, and you have you have Suzanne and Pousset, you had Tasty and Suzanne. Mm-hmm. It's been interesting, and I'm glad that they didn't just say, "Well, that villain's gone. We have a new monster of the week, and it's Mike Berbiglia." Um, I'm glad that we got a little closer on that. I think it's interesting we waited this long to get it, but it was a nice little moment there, and you know, very well acted. And I guess the one final thing that I think we're gonna we're gonna see coming to a head sooner rather than later is. Alita um, has kind of taken the confrontation with Sophia last episode, and she's started to blow it a little out of proportion. And she's going places I don't think Gloria would necessarily have gone with it.
1: No, and I don't think places that a lot of people would have gone with it. Yeah. Uh, and just very much attacking Sophia for being transgender.
0: Yeah, and I think you see that it's turned a point. It's turned a corner when she starts misgendering Sophia right at that point you know there's not really any going back from that and people are initially like well sophia's nice she's never been you know she's never said a bad word about anybody and then it's coming to a point where they start to think like they've heard enough of it that there's that everybody's starting to think well you know maybe there is something wrong with the situation and it's not going to be good for sophia at all
1: yeah it's the lowest blow that they could possibly take and uh I can uh empathize with you know you or your friend being hurt and, and you know on, physically assaulted and that's really terrible uh but I think turning it into like a bullying thing is not the not the most interesting or effective way to handle this
0: Yeah, it's not unrealistic though. I'm surprised. Not at all. I'm not necessarily surprised that they're going there. I am surprised that it's taken them this long to go there.
1: Yeah, I agree. Especially because a lot of it, I feel like so much of what's gone on in this show has been, like, moving past, you know, the most obvious transgender issues mm-hmm. to uh, to things that people don't normally think about. And this is kind of, I think, one of the more obvious transgender issues. And, you know, this is something that, like, I know a little bit about and I don't know a lot about So I would love to hear from people that know more about this. Um, But I think that uh, having transgender women in prison is like a, you know, it's a very, very uh, important topic right now and how that's being handled. And to have it kind of be a little petty, I guess, to just have it like uh, it's a real uh, I would like to see this handled in a more interesting or mature way. Yeah, And maybe it's coming. I mean, this seemed like the tip of the iceberg, so.
0: Yeah, I think it is coming. And I think up until this point, it was easy to kind of think that we were in this sort of post-gender issue society where right. in prison it wasn't a big deal. And, like, you'd get these lighter moments where Sophia would, like, instruct people on the anatomy of a vagina because she designed hers. Mm-hmm. Or she'd, you know, get to dress up in a cocktail dress for career day. And Now it's like, yeah, there's also some serious things that happen here and we need to talk about the serious things and we need to realize that it's not all... She's not just the comic relief.
1: Right, true. We got a comment on an episode a couple days ago about Sophia um, because I think I've said and you said a couple times that we thought she was underutilized and this comment uh, was from Charles uh, Beichel, and it says... uh, uh, so far this season I'm pretty happy with the lack of Sophia on the show her only storyline is that she's transgender and how difficult it is to maintain that lifestyle in prison just tedious and preachy if the showrunners are going to do more with her in the future Sophia's storylines are going to have to go past the transgender stuff and I don't i don't know if I necessarily agree because I think at least this season Sophia's main storyline has very much been about her son um, which uh so I don't think we've... See, like, we've gotten a lot of offhand comments about what it's like to be transgender in prison, but I don't know if we've gotten the deep dive there.
0: I think it's better to kind of explore the outside reactions and, like, what the real dangers are for transgender women in prison. I think that is a... That's a legitimate place to go with it as long as they can do it without being preachy. Mm-hmm. I think... I And I think it's better to go there than to never go there and pretend that it's not an issue
1: yeah i agree i think it's you know it's one of the like i I, like transgender issues are so uh you know marginalized that any way that they can do that and make it real and compelling and uh like with you know a lot of empathy i think will be successful
0: yeah yeah um so I hope they don't just, like, take it to the cheapest and most practical exactly. place. But I have a lot of faith that this show is better good. than that.
1: Good. We'll see how it pans out. We've only got a couple episodes left, so uh, hope- hopefully a little closure is coming.
0: All right, Taylor, is there anything else we need to add here before we close the book on episode 11?
1: Um, I think we might have hit everything.
0: Well, good. Good. That's always, that's always the hope. Alright, so, if you guys are enjoying our trip down Season 3 so far, um, you can make sure you let us know. We would love to hear from you. You can tweet us. I am at Haymaker Hattie. I am at Taylor Collar. That's one way you can go. You can also go to postshowrecaps.com, find the episode page, and leave us a comment. We like that a lot. Uh, There is a form where you can send an email to the site that will get back to us. Um, Really you have no excuse for not getting in touch with us one other thing we'd love for you to do we have our own separate feed on the itunes store and if you are enjoying what you're hearing we'd love it if you went in and rated and reviewed us that helps us out uh, gets us more visible the more feedback we get the better the
1: show is i think uh, yeah i think so too you can be oh, the next charles Beichel whose comment i read on the podcast
0: yeah. Congratulations, <laughs> Charles. I I enjoyed, actually, he left two very good comments and I really, I enjoy that kind of thoughtful feedback.
1: Me too. And I think, uh, we know our timing is a little crazy that we're, you know, um, this whole show who you never know what we're, uh, what pace people are watching at. And we have been, uh, Sometimes ahead of where we should be, sometimes behind where we should be. So, uh, you know, feedback isn't the easiest to give, but however you can do it, we are listening and we are happy to chat about the show.
0: Yeah, we'll figure it yep. out. We will We will get a conversation going. And, you know, if you guys have enough feedback that you want to, like, start accumulating it for us, we could definitely do a feedback show at the end of this crazy season. But we are getting down to the wire. Um at the time of recording this, we've got two more episodes left, and I think we have a few more banked. I think the last one that was posted on the site is episode seven. Yeah.
1: So we're a little bit yeah
0: we're a little bit of the head of the games here. So yeah, if we
1: had to hold up a newspaper right now, <laughs> it is June twenty eighth. <laughs> so yeah, uh, just to give some some context as to when these things are happening. Yeah, and it will be probably
0: a week and a half to two weeks before you guys get to hear this at that point we will have seen all of the episodes and we will have recorded all our podcasts we'll be ready to talk about anything that has to do with the show um and i think with something like this a lot of you guys have been done for weeks now like you guys watched all 12 episodes the day they came out and you know god bless you guys because i couldn't do it i think maybe my hard limit is about four
1: yeah, I'm I um I don't have the time to binge anymore, but I I I wish I could cuz there's nothing better than laying in bed and watching Orange is the New Black.
0: Very, very true. All right, well, we've got two more episodes for you guys and maybe a couple of extras here and there. I'm working on getting some stuff together. So, we will be back in a few days. Tune in for episode 12. Thank you guys for listening and We hope you guys are enjoying this as much as we are.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, We will talk to you guys soon. The animals, the animals, trap, trap, trap till the cages fall. The cages fall, the day is new, and everyone is waiting, waiting on you, and you've got time.